Um, and so uh, this morning, uh, if you are visiting with us, if this is uh, maybe your second or third time, maybe even fourth time being with us, um, I wanted to share with you this is a little bit of an odd Sunday in the sense that um, once a year, we take a little bit of a time out and we kind of do a little bit of reflection, if you will, that we look back at the year that we have just lived in, uh, and that would be 2023, and we take a few moments, if you will, a Sunday, and we kind of um, just celebrate what God has done in the midst of our church. And so um, that's what we're doing here today. And not only do we take a, a little bit of a look back, we also take a look ahead. And so that's what we're going to be doing here today. And we do some business. We vote on our proposed 2024 budget. Um, yes, we do have to do some business as a church, um, but we try to make it as painless as possible. And so we have food, we have worship. It's all that kind of wonderful stuff. It is by design, okay? It is by design. Um, I, I remember the very first um, congregational meeting I got to be a part of at this church. And can I just be honest with you all? It was awful. <laughs> and I don't mean awful in terms of that we're arguing or it was none of that. It was two hours of monotonous telling of what was going on when you could have easily read that in the annual report that we produce. So we're not going to do that. And I said, oh, we got to change this. This ain't going to fly. And so I don't know if you remember, for those of you who've been here for a long time, one a uh, couple of years, we did a dessert. Uh, we had a chocolate fountain out there. We did all that in the evening. We came back in the evening and we did a worship and we voted. Uh, Dennis, do you remember that? We did that a couple of times. It was, man, it was phenomenal. Because if there's anything that we love to do here at this church is we love to eat. That's not a sin. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That is not a sin. Okay? Um, it is a wonderful thing. There is, there is a beauty that happens when we gather together as brothers and sisters in Christ and we share a meal together. That is intentional. The per, outside of, of anything, the most intimate act, I believe, is, is between brothers and sisters in Christ is when we can share a meal together. There is just something incredibly intimate about that. It is a powerful thing for us to be able to do that. And, and I got to kind of experience that, the, 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 the depth of that intimacy of sharing a meal together. I was in Toronto with a bunch of youth, and we were doing a mission trip there. And every evening, we would go to a first-generational restaurant that was not Canadian nor American. It was a, a, a foreign restaurant. And one restaurant we went to was an Ethiopian restaurant. First generation, mind you. Now, I don't know about you, have, have any of you eaten at an Ethiopian restaurant? Okay, several of you have, yeah. It's quite an experience in, in, in the fact that for us, what we did is we had to gather around a table together collectively, it was a round table, and you took a banana, and there was a big bowl of the main meal in the center there, and you used the banana as essentially the tool by which you would eat everything. Some of you are looking at me going, I didn't use a banana. Hmm, question your Ethiopian experience. Um, this was, this was, you used a banana as your main way of eating the meal. It was a very different, very odd way of doing it. Now here's the, here's the kicker. It was a very spicy meal. Okay. 
It had some kick to it. It was good. But here was the deal. If someone dipped the banana in there and offered it to you, you had to eat it. Because it was a level of trust. It was a level of intimacy. It was a level of shared experience and relationship. Okay? And so, of course, our students took that to the nth degree. <laughs> I mean, they, you know. But, but the point is still there is that it was an incredibly, you did not do that unless you trusted someone. You did not share a meal in that culture unless you trusted them, unless there was a level of relationship and intimacy. So that just reminds me of Jesus with his disciples, that out of all the things that he could have done on his last night with them, what did he do? He shared a meal with them. He shared a meal with them. And so I say all that to say, we do this by design, you all. This is us getting together and eating isn't just um, a, a, a wonderful, fun, you know, hey, hey, let's just do it kind of thing. It, it is, don't get me wrong, but there's also a level of intimacy for us to say we are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And there is something magic, not magical, but something beautiful that happens when we come together and we share a meal. Amen? Amen. Now, I say all that to say we changed our annual gatherings and celebrations to incorporate food because that's an important thing. But there is a lot for us, I think, as a church family to celebrate this morning of what God has done and continues to do in the life of our body. Let me just review for you just briefly this past year. We started out and have spent the majority of this year in the book of Psalms. We have been journeying through that book. And, and if you remember, the book of Psalms is all basically in many ways, it's known as the second teaching outside of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and it is about answering the question, how do I love God? That's what the book of Psalms seeks to answer. How do I love God? So this past year, we have been into the book of Psalms learning about how do we love God? It's wonderful. We also started a new curriculum in our summit groups that from, all, from, from elementary all the way up to adults, we are studying the same thing. We're studying the same thing. And that's been largely a great experience. It's been a great experience. Here's the other thing. Um, we baptized nine people this year. Yeah. Eight on, on a Sunday morning. That was the most we've ever baptized at Summit Ridge Community Church at one time. That was huge. That was amazing. We had our West Regional Gathering back in early October. First one ever that we've ever had in which we had churches from around our west region gather here in tucson here at summit ridge also at first brethren for us to come together and just enjoy each other's company and just have fun together and fellowship together and that was a great thing we also served our city a few weeks after that we joined with churches around the tucson area to go out and serve our city to show the love of jesus in a real and tangible way to people in our communities. It's phenomenal. Now let me just also talk about some other things that we also did here in Summit Ridge, is that we did some facility things. Because of your generosity, church, we recarpeted the youth room. And it looks wonderful. And by the way, I was in there the other day. There has not been, at least I can tell, a single spilled liquid on that carpet yet. It's great. I still, it still has that new carpet smell. It's wonderful. 
It's a great, I mean, it's wonderful. Here's the other thing we got to do is we got these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, we took out the center projector. In fact, it doesn't exist, and there's just a big hole on there. Randall's going to have to deal with that. Um, so he's our, he's our plaster extraordinaire, drywall person. Um, and so, uh, yeah, and, and it's just, it just enhances our worship experience, if you will. Um, and so we were able to do even things like that. And there are some other things that are not as quite sexy or noticeable that we did around here in our facility, but are nonetheless incredibly important that we were able to do. And so that was just because you're generous. Here's the other thing I wanted to share with you is that last week I shared with you um, our need of some financial to kind of close our gap, and you all responded phenomenally. In fact, I think, and, and Jill will correct me, um, is that I think as a result we got in, at least pledged or otherwise, uh, an extra thousand plus dollars every month in donations. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Praise Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Here, here's the other thing is we also welcomed in new families. Our children's ministry has grown quite a bit. It's, I mean, when Donna volunteered to, to take the kids, I said, be careful what you wish for. You could have quite a bit. Um, it has been great. And to see our students as well. In fact, it's interesting, around 945, for those of you who are in this front section here, you don't see what happens, or maybe you somewhat do, but also back there, that around 945, Mr. Tom gets up, and, and you see the youth leaders get up, and the place just empties with all these kids and students going to their, to their respective classes. And it's a great thing to see. Amen, right? It's phenomenal. So that has been a wonderful addition in what God has been doing in the midst of our church just in this past year. There's much to celebrate. This morning, I want to interview one of those who came into the life of our church. Kirk. I want to invite Kirk up. Um, come on up, Kirk. Yeah. Come on up here. Um, Kirk has, has come into the life of our body, and it has been a phenomenal time to have you become involved. And so I just want to have you share a little bit about your experience and what brought you here and all that kind of stuff. So I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. You can have that. Okay. Well, you can use it. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. So let me just ask you, Kirk, how did you come into the life of Summer Ridge? What brought you to this church? Well, I don't have a really dramatic story. Doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, I kept driving by Summit Ridge on my way to someplace else for years. And finally, after enough nudgings by the Holy Spirit, I came and attended. Um, and actually, uh, Ms. Wheezy was the first person I heard speak in this church because the pastor was off somewhere doing something. Uh, can I, let me just interrupt here just for a second. Let me just, <laughs> let me just, let me just give you an idea of how comfortable Kirk has gotten uh, with being here. Um, I, we were out in the Welcome Center area, whatever else, and he says, hey, I noticed you're here today. Is that because it's for the food? <laughs> He's gotten quite comfortable. So, <laughs> go ahead, there, brother. There'll be more along that line to, to come. And um, it I was looking for a place where 
Jesus was being preached and some of the other stuff that's out there. And Sister Wheezy took a very definitive position against some of that other stuff. Hmm. And that was an immediate signal to me that this is a good joint. And so um, I've just been uh, blessed to be here and um, you know, Brother Eric and the rest of the, the brethren have, you know, some of them have been reeling me in. And I've, and that's, that's how I came to be here. Wonderful. And what have you enjoyed about being a part of this community, this church? What have you enjoyed about being a part of us? You know, just hearing the, the word being preached correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I got a little Pentecostal one Sunday and you didn't have me escorted out. So, <laughs> so that gave me a, a level of, of comfort. Um, I was a little um, alarmed by being asked to help celebrate Christmas last year. And there was like a gang of them that showed up to say, hey, could you, you know, and they were all, you know, body armor. I didn't, I didn't get, I, I didn't, never thought of myself as an intimidating guy, but, um, but no, they, it was, and I was happy to do it. And, uh, so just to be someplace where um, the gospel is being preached, where there is actual service mm. to the community. Um, and so that's, that, that's been valuable to me. That's, that's been significant. Last question. What difference has being a part of Summer Ridge made in your life and more importantly in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, the scripture says don't forget to assemble yourself. Mm. And um, Firsthand, I'm, I'm feeling the impacts of that, that it does, you know, nobody says anything, but it still holds your feet to the fire that you're with God's people, and therefore you should act like it, uh, both privately and in public. So just, uh, just to continue to be a member of the Church Inter uh, Universal, and specifically to be a member here. Mm, that's wonderful. Well, I don't know about you. I've enjoyed having Kirk a part of our body, and it's been wonderful. And I just want to thank you for sharing with us a little bit about your experience and how you came into the life of this church. So, and, and I hope you stay for the food as I'm here for the food as well. So, yes. I hear there's some, some really good chili out yes, there this year. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, it's wonderful. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, that, it, that's just one story. And I know there are so many others out there. And so there is just, as I've shared before, so much for us to celebrate. So here's the question. Looking back, here's the question. What's next, Dan? What, what, what is in, what's next for us? Where are we going to go in 2024? That's the question I want us to kind of settle on this morning and that's where I'm going to spend the bulk of my time with you all this morning and the answer I'm going to give to you is probably not going to be the one you may think you're going to hear or may you think you should hear um, because let me just give you a little bit of a, a little bit of my thinking on this when someone asks what's next what's the future hold all that kind of stuff where are we going to go next Dan as a church you're the pastor senior pastor rather you're the lead guy um, and so what, what are we going to be doing when it comes to 2024? And let me just 
share with you, I have a problem with that question or those associated with it. It gives me some angst, all right? I'll be honest with you. And there's a lot of reasons why it gives me some angst, but one big reason why is I want to just share with you out of Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, and that's going to be our base passage this morning. And many of you may have heard this, and if you haven't, I want to just share it with you this morning. And it says this, Proverbs 16, verse 9 says this, a person plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. Did, did you hear that? Let me say it another way. We make our plans, but God decides where we're going to go. Right? Uh, I don't know about you, but that's a big reason why when the question is asked, what is in store for us for 2024 for us here at Summit Ridge Community Church, a big reason why I have angst on it is because I'm not in control. I don't know fully what's going to happen in 2024. I, I don't know what is going to take place definitively as we move into that new year. I just don't know because I am not in control as much as I would love to be. I am not in control. And I think I'm sharing something with you all that is nothing new. And let me just by way of repeating it, what we already know is true and just driving it home as much as I can, you and I are not in control, period. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have dreams. That doesn't mean we don't have plans. That doesn't mean we don't have things that we have thought through. And, and perhaps you are many of millions and billions of people who have thought about your life and you have thought about, when I grow up, I'm going to do this. When I grow up, I'm going to live here. When I grow up, I'm going to marry this person. When I grow up, I'm going to have these many kids or no kids. When I grow up, I'm going to make this much money. When I grow up, I'm going to own this kind of home, etc., etc., etc. Some of you may even use an Excel spreadsheet to chart this. I'm not looking at anybody in particular. <laughs> and work it out, right? That you make it so detailed, you have it down to the exact year as to when this is all going to take place. Nothing wrong with that. But how often have those plans been disrupted? How often have those things that you have planned for been changed, disrupted, not gone according to what you had envisioned it should go? And now all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation of having to make new plans, of having to make adjustments, of having to make a new path forward because of what has taken place. This happens, I don't know about you, all of the time period period now let me just say this for those of you who have kids oh, good luck we know about making plans and plans change I i'll never forget the first time we took maggie my daughter to the zoo we lived in toledo ohio at the time and the toledo ohio zoo is great it's a great zoo actually it was one of the first times she was young a toddler-ish, because why take them ahead of time? Because they can't see anything until that, so you want to make sure you take them. I'll never forget, there was a summertime, and, and Lori and I got out there, and we put sunscreen, well, me, we being Lori did this, um, 
put sunscreen on our face, and it said on the bottle, does not cause eye irritation, right? It's safe sunscreen. So we put it all on her face, all, and it got into her eyes, and it caused eye irritation. And she was miserable, period. Miserable. And so what we had envisioned and what we had planned for this wonderful day at the zoo was a miserable time at the zoo because our poor daughter was having such eye irritation from sunscreen that said there was no cause of eye irritation from this sunscreen that all of a sudden now we had to leave early. It was done. It was done. I remember being in Target. And my other daughter... I'm in the cart with her. My, my Lori has Maggie. I have Ellie. And just walking down the aisle. And for some reason, I don't know what happened. <laughs> who, my daughter just throws up all over me. <laughs> and all over herself. And then she did it again. And I'm, my first reaction was not to, my, Lori, Lori, <laughs> Lori. We got, a, we got a situation here. Right? In our shopping trip that we had planned, this is what we did. We bought clothes, new clothes for her, changed her out of the, threw the old ones away, wouldn't even take them back home, left them there at Target, they're yours, and left and went home. I mean, we know this. We have kids, plans change all of the time. It just happens. If you have a spouse or if you're in a relationship, or if you have a job, or whatever else. Things change all of the time, period. And we have to readjust. We have to go a different way, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's all this to say is that we are not in control. I don't control this church. Newsflash. Trust me, I don't control this church. Just be around here just for a few minutes. Debbie controls this church. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not even here that much, apparently. Apparently, you all are taking attendance. You've, you've been around Debbie too much. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. And, and scripture repeats consistently about the sovereignty of God. We're not in control, but he is. It is not our world, it's his. Let me just share with you briefly some passages, in addition to Proverbs 16, 9, that just reiterates or reinforces the truth that God is in control and you and I are not in control. Proverbs 16, 1 says this, The intentions of the heart belong to a man, but the answer of the tongue comes from the Lord. Proverbs 19, 21. There are many plans in a person's mind, but it is the counsel of the Lord that will stand. <laughs> Boy, that is so true. Proverbs 20, 24. The steps of a person are ordained by the Lord. So how can anyone understand his own way? Have you ever asked yourself, why am I now in this place, Lord? I don't know why I'm here. God does. Yeah, you want to let me in on this kind of thing? Maybe, right? Proverbs 21.30. There is no wisdom and there is no understanding and there is no counsel against the Lord. 
Let me just say this. The first set of passages I've read to you all are Proverbs. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. You know what wisdom is? It's the proper or godly application of knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's taking what we know and applying it in a way that is God-honoring, that is appropriate. And, and by the way, if the way that Proverbs works, if you've ever read through Proverbs, and if you haven't, I encourage you to do it. It's perfect. It's 30 chapters. You can read a chapter a day and get through it in a month. And it is just rich. But here's one thing you notice about Proverbs is it repeats itself over and over and over and over and over again. Do you know why it repeats itself? To get us to understand this is how it is. It's a great teaching tool. Repetition. Let me give you one outside of that. Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 10. Remember this, God says, so that you can be brave. Think about it, you rebels. Remember what I accomplished in antiquity. Truly, I am God. I have no peer. I am God, and there is none like me. Who announces the end from the beginning and reveals beforehand what has not yet occurred? Who says my plan will be realized? I will accomplish what I desire. God is in control. You and I are not. But that doesn't stop us from trying, does it? Right? Perhaps one of the big things that we do as Christians, and I'm not saying all of us do it, but a good section of Christians, I'm not saying any of us here do it. I'm just saying a good section of Christians in general, I think, do this. And that is this. Jesus made it clear. I do not know when I will return. Only God does. So don't spend your time trying to calculate when I'm coming back. And what do we do? We spend our time trying to figure out when God is coming, when Jesus is coming back. And we use all these intricate things and formulas and all that kind of stuff. And there are people, unfortunately, who believe this because not because they they, 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 they do so out of, a, out of a desire of disobedience because they truly want Jesus to come. And Jesus, please make everything well again. Please reestablish your kingdom on earth again. Please redeem us and bring us out of this mess. And there are people who desire this so much. I'm one of them. I admit it. But so much so that they are willing to follow someone who says, I know when Jesus is coming back. And they sell everything. They quit their jobs. They quit life. And the day comes and goes, and they're still here. Oops. We are not in control, period. We are just not in control. And, and by the way, theologians and pastors just reaffirm this as well in addition to Scripture. Listen to what one person says, Arthur Pink. He says this, It is not blind fate, unbridled evil, man or devil, but the Lord Almighty who is ruling the world, ruling it according to his own good pleasure, and for his own eternal glory. Yes, Satan is the prince of this world, but he's only a prince. He's not king. There are things he can do, church. There are things he can do to kind of muck up the, the works a little bit, but he can't fully stop it. He's only a prince. He's not a king. Just remember that. Just remember that. A.W. Tozer says this, God sovereignly decreed that man should be free to exercise moral choice. And man from the beginning has fulfilled that decree by making his choice between good and evil. Now, here's a mind bender for you. If God is sovereign, knows what's going to happen, has it kind of planned out, his plans will succeed. How is it then that we still have free choice? 
We do. Ask God. We do. I, don't, I can't answer that fully, but we do. J. Vernon McGee says this, This is God's universe, and God does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. <laughs> right? It, it just bears repeating, God is in control. You and I are not. God is in control. He is sovereign. And you know what? When it comes to his church, God is in control of his church. This is his church. This isn't our church. The church is called the bride of Christ. It is his church. He created it. Look around you. Not too hard. Could, could any of us have ever knit together the people that are here today to sit next to each other, to serve together, to worship together, to be in fellowship with each other other than Jesus Christ? It is amazing that the collectedness of the church is made up of folks who are either rich, poor, who are um, different ethnicities, who are old and young, all this kind of stuff. And we all have been brought together, not by our own choosing. Yes, we did choose to come. Finally, Kirk, thank you for stopping and obeying the movement and the, and, the, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit to actually turn into this parking lot here and come here. But yet, nonetheless, we are not here by accident. We are here by design. I really believe that. I really do believe that. God is in control, but that doesn't mean we don't make some plans. Proverbs doesn't say, well, you can make your plans, but poof, I wouldn't. God's just going to mess it up. It's not what it says. Now, we can make plans, but just realize that in the end, it's what God wants. So let me put it to you this way. We plan it, but God enables it. We plan it, but God enables it, maybe. Got to add that on there. So here's the thing. Understanding the last part of that proverb, that the Lord directs our steps, helps us then to understand the first part of that proverb when it comes to us making plans. And that brings us this morning to the question, what's next? What's next? Well, let me do the best I can and maybe kind of answering that question of what's next here at Summit Ridge Community Church in 2024. Here is what I think and hope will be what's next for us as we move into this new year. And that is this, that we will continue to live more into our mission statement as a church that we collectively discerned when we came together so many years ago. And that is this. Our mission statement is to make disciples who serve Christ by serving people. My hope is we will continue to live more and more into that mission statement. Here's the thing I, I, I the best I can discern, y'all, is I don't think God is calling us to change that mission statement. I just don't, I just don't sense that. So therefore, if to the best, and I may be wrong, and I'm open to that change, I'm open to, whoa, 
Maybe we need to change that mission statement. So be it. But here's the thing. Until that point, here's my hope is that we move into this new year as we continue to live more and more into that mission statement and that we continue to flesh out in real and tangible ways what it means for us and what it looks like for us to be disciples of Jesus Christ who go out and serve him as we serve others. And we will continue to explore and look at ways for us to continue to do that, whether it's Serve Our City, whether it's Operation Christmas Child, whether it's just the absolutely just interpersonal relationships of us just serving each other. Whatever the needs are, you might be going through a, a crisis situation, you might be going through a hard time, you might, whatever it is, um, it is just beautiful when we, when we come together, even on those interpersonal relationships, that we can say, hey, guess what? There are people in our congregation that are hurting right now. Can we make a meal for them? Can we get some help for them? Can we get rides for them? Whatever it is, that is incredibly important. Let us not stop doing that, church. Please, let us not stop doing that. It may be inconvenient. Welcome to ministry. <laughs> it may not land on your day because you didn't plan for it. I'm sorry. Welcome to ministry. And by the way, if you think that we're the only ones who experience disruptions in our schedules, look at Jesus' life and how many times he wanted him and his disciples to get away, but the crowds kept following him. Leave me alone. You mean to tell me the Son of God needed to be left alone? That's his human side. Yes, there are times he needed a break. And the crowds just kept disrupting his plans a little bit there. <sighs> yeah, and instead of looking at him as a burden, he looked at him as a sheep without a shepherd. And he grieved. He said, okay. It happens. That means, church, we have to be open to having our, 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 our schedules disrupted, our plans disrupted. We have to be open to the movement of the Spirit that may be prompting us to help someone, to serve someone. That means that we will have to take time away from something else that maybe we wanted to do, maybe we planned to do. And all of a sudden now we have to go and we, we need to do this because this person is hurting, this person is in need. That, that's a big part of what this means, church. Serving isn't always scheduled. <laughs> the staff are laughing. <laughs> we know this. We know this as staff. It's just how it is. And so my hope is, is that we will look at those times when people are in need, not as times of, oh, not again. Oh, really? I was hoping to go home and take a nap, put on a little football, all that kind of stuff. I was hoping to do that, but I, my hope and my prayer is that for us, that when these opportunities come up, that we look at them as just that opportunities, that man, okay, Jesus, you called me to do this. I gotta, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be a part of this person's life and allowing me to be a part of your kingdom and allowing me to be an opportunity to serve others. That's a huge thing. We're going to live more into our mission statement, church. We're going to live and continue to develop and deepen our community. Uh, Kirk referenced this, and we're going to continue to do this. We have done this, and this has been a thing of my life that I've always strived for as a pastor, and that is we are going to continue to preach out of the Scriptures. 
we are going to continue to get as deep into this word as we possibly can. Not because this word is the end-all, be-all of everything. This word is not... The Bible does, it does not say in the Bible, the Bible is the Alpha and the Omega. That's not what it says. Who is the Alpha and the Omega? Jesus, the living word. The reason why this book matters is because Jesus, the living word, is the one who authored it. And I don't know about you, but we have got to just get more into this word. And let me just say this, church. We need more into this word now than I think ever more in our time of history, particularly in our country with what our country is facing and dealing with, whether it's politically, socially, or otherwise. We as Christians need to orient ourselves around the word of God to understand what does this book say when it comes to us engaging this world out here instead of us being like the world in so many ways, which has broken my heart. And using this as justification to do it. We got it backwards. We got it backwards, church. We need to spend our time in the word of God. And sometimes we'll come to passages here whew, that are going to be hard. And sometimes things are going to be shared from this pulpit that are not going to be easy to hear. And that's why... I'm not here very often, no. <laughs> I'm going to let someone else do it. <laughs> Just kidding. But that does bring me to an important point. We are going to continue to team teach. I don't know about you, but I consider it a blessing, church, that we have a, a, a plethora of pastors who serve and are gifted and are wonderful pastors. I'm blessed to have this. And they share from the word of God. And you know what is so awesome about it is they do it in their own unique style and way that maybe speaks to you more than what my way or style speaks to you. And that's a beautiful thing. I don't know about you, but when I, when I see how Justin, Justin's the best storyteller, one of the best storytellers, that man has stories like crazy. And he, I want to I be here when Justin is older because I just sit in my rocking chair and just listen to him tell stories. And how he does that so well. And how Eric relates of his life experiences and, 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 and just the way that he has the knowledge of the scriptures and shares that in a way that is just great and logical and from a scientifically proven perspective is so needed. And then there's Wheezy. Oh. <laughs> You gotta, I'll just give you a little behind-the-scenes look here. I love it when Wheezy preaches because it makes Dennis's head hurt. <laughs> because she'll have so many different slides, and Jamie as well. <laughs> she can, it's just so awesome from a perspective of creativity and, and, and a way that I would never approach the Scriptures the way she does, and it's beautiful. We are blessed. And we're going to continue with team teaching. That means, church, I preach around 59 point some odd percent of the time. Yes, I have it down that specific. Because I think it's healthy for you to hear 
from a collection of our pastors and from different voices who bring the scriptures to life in so many different ways, and that speaks to the diversity of the body as well as to the dynamic nature of the word of God. Amen? Amen. We're going to continue to go forward and take word, the word of God seriously and learn from each other and from the plethora and, and, and just wonderful, diverse voices of our pastors. Here's the other thing. Summit groups. I don't know about you, but summit groups are one of the best ways for us to take what happens here on Sunday and go a little bit deeper. And if you haven't gotten into summer groups yet, I want to encourage you, try it out. We make it as painless as possible. If Sunday mornings don't work, we'll start on a Sunday or sometime during the week. I don't, I don't care. Here's the other thing, is we'd love to get more facilitators to help. And the curriculum is so easy. It is so easy to use. It is just, it is just anyways, that is one of the things that my hope is as we move into this, into this new year. Here's the other thing, is that we continue to live in healthy relationships with each other. That which we coveted together that is out there memorialized, if you will, in a living memorial out on the, on the patio there with the, with the memorial stones that are in there that we ask anyone who joins our fellowship to sign and to covenant together that we continue to live in deeper relationship with each other that is healthier, not perfect. That doesn't mean it's the absence of conflict. That doesn't mean it's the absence of things that we might find a little bit kind of, uh, you know, spicy or, or spiky with each other. But it learns, but it means learning how to deal even when those times come healthy relationship is not the absence of conflict it's dealing with conflict in a healthy way that restores relationships if we can't do this here let's don't even attempt to go out there and try it amen here's the other thing and this is just pie in the sky a little bit more so than everything else but it, it's not as nearly as important as the other stuff I've, I've listed but it's nonetheless still I, I hope that at some point we can change the carpet in this room. <laughs> this is just brass tacks here, okay, folks? I mean, this is just being honest with you. I'd love to have carpet that matches. Boy, that would be different. Not necessary. It's not going to stop anything if we don't have new carpet. It really isn't. That's the minor thing, y'all. Facility upgrades are minor but they are important Do you know why they're important still is because this building is a main thrust of our ministry to this community i've shared it before and i'll share it again how many outside groups use this building this building and sunday morning is just getting started to what is occupied during the week truly how many groups we have meeting here throughout this week and when we take care of our facility I believe we are being good stewards of what God has given us and blessed us with, not for our own enjoyment, but for the enjoyment and use of others outside of these church walls who come in here and find hope, even if they don't even come to a worship service, even if they don't come to a summit group, even if they aren't involved in serving, they still find hope because of a group that meets here that they are part of. Which is why we did the youth room first. It was cheaper, but more groups meet in the week in that room than in any other room in the church. So yes, I do have a hope. It's a big expense. But our God's a big God. And if it's according, if he wants it to happen, it'll happen. It's going to happen. So, in answer to the question, what's next? In some of the ways, it's much of the same. But let's just do it better. Let's just do it in a deeper way. Let's own this in a way that maybe we haven't quite yet. Our own mission statement. Our own purpose of why God has placed us here.
And my hope and my prayer is, is this. We'll make these plans, but here's my thing. Let's be open to what God may say and do that we may have to say, oh, we may have to change. And we'll do it. Oh, we may have to go in a different direction. Let's do it. Let's be open, church, to the leading of the Spirit. We have made our plans, but let's let God determine our steps. Amen? Would you pray with me, please? Father, I am so grateful for every single person who is here with us physically in this place as well as those who are online right now, Jesus. I am grateful for how you have knit us together as your body. I'm grateful for how you've knit us together as your church and what you have instilled in us and gifted us with and given us a reason and a purpose that we believe, Father, you have called us to, which is to serve you, which is to make disciples, which is to serve you as we serve others, Jesus. And I pray this morning as we move forward in that mission statement that we would live into it anew. That we would make our plans and yet still be open to where you may have us go. That above all, Jesus, above everything that has been shared here this morning, Jesus, that we would be obedient to you and to you alone. That we would be sensitive to the prompting of your Holy Spirit. And that we would be open to what it is that you want to do, even outside of the plans that we have made. Because we declare today once again, Jesus, we are your people. This is your church, and we want to follow you above all. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.